This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 533 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, March 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, how's it going? Uh, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I kind of have like a hangover effect from, from Tout Wars. I, I feel like I just had a whole lot of fun and now I'm back to like real life and the grind and it, it sucks. I can certainly see that even more going from East Coast to West Coast, back, you know, going back out there the way the way you do, of course. You know, traveling both ways, I think. That's why one of the best things I like about uh, living in the middle of the country. Neither trip is, is too bad. But I also felt the same way. I mean, yesterday I was worthless. Yesterday on Monday I just was like, ugh. And thankfully we had everybody, you know, posting stuff. So it was an, an easy day to, to kind of sit back and, and recuperate a little bit. So that's what I ended up doing. And and now we're going to do the podcast today. We got articles coming out. You already have your Roto Write Out, Roto Write up out first one of the year you and mike warner taking care of that this year i'm really looking forward to see what you guys do um mike warner for those of you who don't know friends with fantasy benefits helped us on the player caps coming baseball over hq gonna, baseball hq going to come over be bigger part of uh of of fan graphs here going to be contributing to the rotor write-up and the bullpen report so um that's awesome. I'm glad you guys started that uh, today. You're going to be doing mostly through the week. He'll do the weekend, and then you're going to have your Tout Wars review, and that's what we're going to talk about here. So you're going to get uh, you're going to get the the info right now, and then you can read the article for probably even more details on certain players, I would imagine. Um, but first, we got a couple bits of breaking news, and uh, it's not a pun with with Justin Turner to say breaking news, but he did break his wrist. <laughs> And it's a real huge bummer, man. And you know, I've been wor- I've been I've been kind of waiting for some stuff to happen. And I know that's like morbid mm-hmm. and kind of crappy, but, but it it's always just does. The fact of life, and the fact that we'd only had the two Tampa Bay Rays going down with Tommy John meant that, like, I'm sorry, just the sheer numbers of the guys that go on the DL. Again, I'm not hoping for it. I'm not excited about it. It, it, it ge- generally it terrorizes me, like w- waiting for the MLB trade rumors uh, notifications to come through on the app, and I'm like, ugh, you know, I just hope I hope the next notification that comes through is like Greg Holland signing, not an injury. Last night, hanging out, boom, it's a it's an injury one. Justin Turner diagnosed with a broken wrist. Going to be what six to nine weeks. Not nice. Oh, um, where did you the <laughs> six to nine weeks? I hadn't heard that one. Um, honestly, I think it was speculation by somebody. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Yeah, because I'm on the I'm on the trade rumors uh, piece right now, looking further, and I don't see anything on that. So I think they were just using general general timetables for broken wrists. So uh, that was somebody on Twitter, uh, somebody I follow, but a I can't remember exactly who it was right now, and b it's not it's not uh, substantiated, so it's it's not even worth really diving. Okay, hang on, I see this right now. It seems clear. That, okay, they were speculating based off of what Jeff Todd of Trade rumors was it seems clear based upon generally similar past injuries that Turner won't be available for opening day and will be out at least six weeks or so. So if you use a six to nine weeks, six to eight, let's just call it two months, okay? And so then you're looking like you're looking on you know Memorial Day ish, and that sucks. It it sucks, but what I had read uh, from some beat reporters is that it wasn't like a bad break and it was non-displaced. So I, there, there's a chance he could come back a little bit. That phrase, I don't know what it means. Non-displaced means the the fracture isn't. And I'm, I'm totally gonna butcher this, so a doctor can. I, can uh, I have an idea based on context clues, but I really I don't. Yeah, I don't it means like you know, like you break a bone, but the bone doesn't actually move out of place, so they don't have to like reset like it. Your skin. Well, no, that that would be a compound fracture. It definitely wasn't okay. a compound fracture, but okay. um, a non-displaced means like the bone is still in place; it's just broken. So they don't have to like reset it or anything like that. Fracture is a lower level of a break. It's just a break. I mean, it, okay, you know. it's just different. The way the same way a sprain is a tear, but yeah, black sprain isn't as important. So I mean, there, you know, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be out for two months. Well, I think we'll know more okay. in the next day or so. I mean, if you, Here's the question. oh, okay, good. Yeah, I mean, you know the question. Like, where, where, where are we taking him now? Last big week and the drafts coming up. Let me get you an ADP on him real quick. Let me do this. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go over the weekend and, and use main event. I know main event is uh, not all, automatically gonna be how your your home drafts are, but what I would say is if you get yourself in a in a main event mindset, then you're you're gonna have a better chance of getting your guys because they're they're generally boosted up particularly pitchers so if i tell you that somebody's a you know 50th pick in in main event as a pitcher then you can probably figure that you might be able to get them as as late as 70 75 in your draft depending on how your own league uh addresses pitching something like that so turner was going pick 80 um so you know where how far down do you do you move Justin Turner? He's a sixth rounder here, pick eighty. That seems pretty reasonable across. I I would think that that tracks across the entire industry, not just the uh, the NFBC main event, because Justin Turner's a beast, and I think people like him. I think people understand that. Hey, he's a little bit older, but he did he did uh, he he did make real changes here that we can bet on. So I wonder where you're taking. Justin Turner now based off of uh off of this injury. I mean, I wasn't taking Justin Turner um okay. beforehand, so I'm probably going to be more down on him uh than most people. Uh I would probably slot him around pick 160. Okay, so that's going to be in like Okay, by the way, let me let me amend or just just drive a point home further when i was talking about the nfbc main event data 
pitching is is what really gets driven up because they're actually the high end on Justin Turner. I mean, he goes the latest in NFBC because a hitter like that gets pushed down a little bit so people can take those early round pitchers. He's much higher across the board, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, uh, real-time sports, uh, fan tracks, ranging from 55 to 71 in, in all those markets and then 80 at NFBC. So add it all up, it's about a 65 uh, ADP, and you're saying bump him down to 160. That puts him in between, again, based on the Fantasy Pros consensus, which is all those outlets I mentioned. That puts him around Matt Carpenter and Evan Longoria, in, right in between the two. Carpenter's 148, Longoria's 184. That's the range you're wanting him in? Yeah, that seems about right. But like, if you were a Justin Turner fan, if he was the type of profile of a hitter that you liked already, like... I mean, obviously, you got to wait for the actual timetable to come out because if he's only out for like two to four weeks, that shouldn't bump him down very far. If he's out more six to eight weeks, then yeah, you've got to you know you're going to miss a month or two of the season. That that's obviously going to knock it knock him down. My, my only concern with Turner coming back from this injury is do does the injury end up having a long term effect on his power production? Exactly. That's that's a legitimate concern for Turner because wrists, um, you know, are are kind of power generators. I mean, that power certainly comes through there, and we've seen wrist injuries kind of hamper a guy's power in the past. I, wasn't it? Uh, I mean, there's tons of examples, but just a very recent one. Didn't Xander Bogarts get hit in the wrist last year, and that's what kind of set his second half? You know, it was one of those things where it's like you can still play, but you're nowhere near 100. percent We and saw with power, Marcus Simeon last year. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um. You know, and the other concern is Turner is a guy that has had a hard time staying on the field as it is. So now he's starting the year with an injury that doesn't stop him from getting another injury later on. So, I mean, how many games do we start to project him for if he ends up having, yeah, I mean, if he ends up having to miss two months of the season, are we looking at a guy that we can only reasonably project for 90 games? That's tough. That's tough. I mean, just Turner is somebody I definitely liked um, coming in, but now I'm I'm, I'm kind of fading him. I, I think there's there's third baseman around there that I also liked. I would I would get him, you know, um, um, with Travis Shaw, Area, Adrian Beltre, Nick Castellanos, uh, Raphael Devers, you know, all those guys I'm fine with, and I would favor Turner in a lot of situations. But at this point now. I think it's it's basically a full fade unless the price just gets silly. How many DL spots would you need to roster him to? Because that's a big consideration. Do you want to fill one DL spot right off the top with Justin Turner? Or do you have to have multiple? Or what if it is NFBC and you don't have any? So you just have seven reserves. Like How, how does that, the reserve roster slash DL roster, impact your decision with him? Again, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes because you already weren't really in on him. I mean, it obviously has a huge impact. Uh, you know, I, I wrote an article for the Hardball Times that kind of talked a little bit about how maybe the effects of the 10-day DL weren't as drastic on fantasy. But still, if, if you're playing in a league, especially like NFBC, without DL slots, uh, I don't know how you draft Justin Turner. Like it, I agree. Like you just have to kind of completely take him off your board unless for some reason he really slips like into the 300s or something like that. But even then, I mean, unless you're in a 50 round draft and hold like i don't know how you do that in the main event it's just like that's a dead roster spot for potentially two months 
it's it's so tough. And I know that you know I had my main event draft this past weekend, and I just didn't really want any injury guys. Or uh, we took one guy that that is is a bit of a stash, and that is Austin Hayes. And he was super late; his hype completely died off for obvious reasons. They brought in some guys, and um, you know he he was just ticketed for AAA. Of course, now Mark Trumbo got hurt, and so that changes out the outlook a little bit. So we, we you know easy cut, but obviously Justin Turner's not going to fall that far he's just really not i would imagine that he'll probably fall maybe as low as you said in some of the drafts i could i could see that because that's around where beltre is going in the nfbc eduardo nunez and so i could see him falling down there um in the 150s 160s but i don't know that that's going to be consistent i still think that once people see triple digits they think justin turner they're going to take their shot it's a little bit of a cop out, but it's just I'm washing my hands of it. Yeah, you know, I think you I, have to. I, I generally do that, and again, I know it's it's a cop out. I may be leaving some potential value on there, but I I don't even know if I don't even know if that's fair to characterize it that way. I just I don't think that those are as great of investment. I think people remember the big hits that they get, and and never really talk about the times that they rostered somebody that they ended up having to cut or just sat on the DL all year. But they'll, they'll remember that one time. Oh, remember I drafted this guy a hundred picks cheaper and he came back after two weeks and beasted. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, that, that was, that was your big hit there. Like there is upside. Or it ha- can happen. How many Devin Masaraka owners are out there that exactly. are still waiting for him to exactly. repeat what he did in that first big season. So I just, nah, it's it's not for me. Uh, I like Justin Turner, but I'm going to pass. I Let's think move on. If, if you got oh, like ahead. five DL slots or even three DL slots, I, I'm holding three. Yeah, yeah, three. I I can I can handle. You know, if you already kept him, obviously that that's all right. Just just ride it out. Like he's great. That's the thing. If Justin Turner is in a situation where it is closer to say five six weeks, and you know when he's starting to come back, maybe a couple weeks before he starts to come back, maybe I'll I'll knock on the door of the of the team with him and and then take that chance where they've already held on to and, and sometimes you can get people on that. It's not it's not often, right? And I know mm-hmm. that a lot of people that listen to this league definitely play in, or listen to our our show listen play in deeper leagues, sharper leagues, I should say, where people aren't going to be you know. Not manipulate. That's the wrong. I maybe it is, but like taking advantage know, the, of, yeah, taking advantage of saying, "Well, I held him for the bulk of his injury, and now I'm going to give him away." They're still going to ask you for something if they're even going to trade him away. I'm more apt to just be like, "Nope, I'm. I waited it out for four weeks. I'm going to wait the mm-hmm. final two. I already approached is. Steve Gardner in in my invitational league. And he he had Turner, and uh, I was all like, "Hey, you need another third baseman?" And he he already laughed at me. Scram. So yeah, exactly. Scram, Get out of here. A bad boy. <laughs> I you tried. Like, I need pitching. You know where you don't need pitch. Damn, I wish that was the perfect segue, but we have mm. to talk about Jorge Polanco. I'm sorry. That was a good segue, though. You just fell off your segue. Sorry, yeah. It's like, it's, a little sorry, early. And then you hit a bump. As usual, uh, I peaked too early. <laughs> we got to hit on Jorge Polanco. Uh, suspended 80 games for PEDs. Stanazolo, uh, which is really funny that it ends with LOL because mm-hmm. it's kind of funny when a lot of get, them do yeah yeah and it's funny when they get popped because they always lie and say they didn't know and um i don't believe that i'm sorry uh i i especially believe it a lot less now that i saw what was in the staten island yankees uh clubhouse this 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 <laughs> big posting of like downloading an app and all the ways to check to make sure that you know what's going into your body 
Um, so I just I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. You guys also know from previous iterations of this that I also don't really care. Like I'm I, I'm not gonna vilify Jorge Polanco and say he's a, a garbage human or anything like that. Uh, but don't lie to me. Don't 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 BS me about you didn't know. But at the same time. MLB just doesn't have an incentive structure, a disincentive structure to, you know, dissuade guys from doing this. Like I heard, I heard, you know, sky is falling stuff about why, why would, why would he ruin his career like this and ruin shit? This, this ruins nothing. I mean, he's not as established as some of the other guys that, that did stuff. So he's, he'll have to come back and, and perform. Um, you know, he was, had a big second half last year. And unless you know when he was using this stuff, do not do not equate the two. Do not say, "Well, now we know why he had a big second half." First off, that's just not how PEDs work. You don't just take them and do well. I can't take a a bunch and then go play for Round Rock this season, Um, or else I would. I definitely would. That would be awesome, but it's just not how it works. So he's going to take his eighty games, and we'll see what happens when he comes back. But. Starling Marte did not ruin his career. Johnny Peralta got a huge four-year deal after it. Melky Cabrera played for a while. (laughs) And could still get signed again this year when an injury pops up. Nelson Cruz has been one of the best power hitters in the league and and also been, like, remarkably healthy since. Mm -hmm. Again, I love watching him play, so if you found something else to take, good on you, Nelson. Uh, D. Gordon (laughs) has not ruined his career. Uh, countless, I don't need to name them all. None of them have ruined their career unless their career was garbage to begin with, in which case they didn't, they, they still didn't ruin it. They just kind of put the final nail in the coffin where it's like, well, you were, you were PEDing and, and now we don't really want to give you another chance. So I don't think this ruins Polanco at all. No, I, I, I don't like, either. And what's uh, his own teammate? Didn't Urban Santana get popped? The, for the exact same substance ruined his career yeah right had Mm -hmm. awesome season last year (laughs) so i don't don't and i mean like you know i i I love the cop out like oh this makes this this is the reason why he beasted out and in the second half like you said like it's we have no idea when he started taking this or you know i mean and we have no idea i mean these things can come out of your system fairly quickly and a lot of people use uh, masking agents to you know usually what people actually test positive for isn't the the drug itself it's the masking agent that they test positive for ah. um, you know so if you ever like see someone test positive for something and you go and kind of look up what it is and it's for like menopause oh yeah I remember that one or you know Manny. it's yeah it's estrogen that's yes. because it's a it's a masking agent um, uh, and I actually uh, not that long ago uh uh, I, I was prescribed uh, anabolic steroids for uh, for a hip Very injury. Um, well, it, it was a hip injury and then uh, constant fatigue because, like you, I never sleep. Um, it, and I hit no home runs, like absolutely none. So, like, oh, it, it like it does not necessarily make like it, <laughs> uh, like you know, you saw me at Tout Wars. It's not like I'm ripped from it. Like, <laughs> you're kind of a stud. I'm just saying. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. So, I'm I'm, I'm drafting you it, early. Did you did you take any cuts in the cage? By the way. I did not. Um, I honestly was afraid of accidentally hurting myself before our draft. That's hilarious. Um, and like, I just and and honestly, I have really naturally clammy hands, and I was really afraid of throwing the bat at Tristan Cockroft on accident. 
also really funny. You could have just had Nick Pollock pitching to you. He would have gotten out of the way. He former <laughs> pitcher. He knows he knows what's up. He was he was piping it in there. Uh, it was it was awesome though. Man. If they I mean, do it again next year, I'll bring batting gloves and I'll be in there. See, that's that's the thing too. Uh, you get those ones off. You get the bees in your hands, and oh my god! Or or you break a bat like Colette. Colette out here with his Mariano Rivera cutter. Busting people in, he sm- broke one of those bats. Just totally, just the bat handle is great. It weren't uh, even there for ten minutes, and he's already breaking stuff. Already breaking stuff. Way to go, Colette. Okay, so are you even drafting Polanco at this point? Because that's no. going to have to be full reserve. There's no. I mean, fifty it, round draft and hold if he very- drops a ton, but no, you can't draft him. You got to drop him in fifteen team mixed leagues. I mean, yeah, cause it's very rare that a league gives you a special spot for that a special dispensation. Because why would they like? Again, like I said, I don't really care about it, but I also am never going to want to advocate a league having a suspended spot. Like, yeah, I get that it's beyond the drafter's control. Like, I I get that aspect of it, but sorry, that's just kind of the risk you take with every player because any player could do it. We're all Mm -hmm. taking that risk up and down our entire roster because it can be a superstar who does it. It could be a mediocre player. It could be a scrub. And he he straddles the line between the last two there. He's kind of an up-and-comer. And I think you just got to get rid of Polanco at this yeah, point. You throw and, him on your watch whatever. list. Maybe you grab him two weeks before this suspension is over. But, yeah, I mean, he's droppable in every format as far as I'm concerned. Well, let's talk Eduardo Escobar then because he's going to slot right in. Guy who's you know been a utility fielder for, for a decent bit now. I mean, he's been around much longer than I thought, actually. I was going to say that it was like since 20 – well, not – much longer two extra years in my head I, I thought it was 2013 he's been around since 2011 uh, had, had very few maybe maybe it's because uh he didn't really play much in 11 and 12 and then finally got a little shot in 13 and then has played pretty consistently as as a full-time um well this is a weird thing to say full-time utility player because that means that you're playing like four times a week but you guys get the point he's been around now for four years pop 21 homers last year this is, you know, part of the guy, part of the everyone's hitting twenty. Eduardo freaking Escobar went twenty and five last year, five stolen bases. Never been much of a speed guy, but found some found some pop. Who knows? Maybe he found it in Jorge Polanco's locker. But uh, <laughs> is he somebody that you're interested in now in mixed leagues, or is he an AL only play? I think at fifteen team mixed leagues, you can take a shot on him. I mean, he he got a lot of those plate appearances and at bats last year. Uh, filling in for Miguel Sano, uh, he's going to have shortstop and third base eligibility. Uh, you know, the, he's a batting average risk kind of guy. Uh, I don't think he's going to hit above two sixty, um, and he could hit two thirty. Um, but I mean, he he's shown the ability to hit for for some pop. So yeah, if you lost Polanco, um, and he could steal some bags, stole five bases last year. That's not bad. Um, yeah, fifteen team mix. I think I'd do it. Deeper than that, obviously I would, but uh, I don't know if 12-team mix is deep enough. I think there's enough waiver wire fodder out there. Yeah, I think uh, you can get enough that you don't have to go for Eduardo Escobar in a 12-team. Obviously, AL and 15-plus teams is where he really starts to come into focus. I, I would agree with that. So, yeah, and I mean, he doesn't have like righty-lefty splits, which is nice. Um, you know, so he, there's yeah, a chance he could play switchy, full-time. Right? Yeah. So I mean that helps too because that that's so for for the for the twins like it's pretty much an easy replacement for Polanco because you're getting another switch hitter who you know is is like I think his ceiling's a little bit lower Eduardo Escobar's than the guy who was five years younger and and a former big prospect 
But for 80 games, this is minimal damage. Like this is not a season killer. I know they're looking to do some things this year. Cleveland's still the favorite, but Minnesota's right there. So this does not really hurt them at all. I think that there's even, of course, a a set of outcomes where Eduardo Escobar beasts for the 80 games just on sheer variance and has like a 120 OPS plus, and they actually are like, hey, we we not only didn't lose anything, we gained a little bit because I'm not sure that Polanco would necessarily be tabbed for a 120 right off the top. So that's how that's working. Let's go ahead and move on and uh, get into this tout wars. So we are in the same league, which is awesome. And it was, I guess it's awesome. I think it's kind of awesome because we can battle, right? (laughs) It'd be great if we could just go dominate a a league of our own each. Mm -hmm. Well, that'll be next year after I win this one and move on. Oh my God. I'm going to tell Gardner to not let you move anywhere after you win. (laughs) You're not going to Gardner. Gardner's not in charge of tout. So, oh yeah, that's right. That's all. And you, but if Gardner would love to put me in a league in labor, I'm more than happy to do that too. Forgot. Yeah. And you got the hookup with Lar. You guys are homies. Mm -hmm. You're going to be greasing the skids there. Like, yo, let me get, I'm going to win this league. Let me get into the, uh, let me get into the, I know. No, you're in the top wars head to head right now. It's a head to head points league. Um, I believe it's relatively standard scoring. I don't think we really need to cover what everything is, right? Or there, I are, think there are some interesting... Why don't you let me know on that thing? Because I don't have enough experience with points leagues to say what are the uh, stark differences. So, I mean, the the main difference is that you get three points per inning. So Okay. Which, you know, for me at least, really inflates the uh kind of the 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 starting pitchers um you also get five points for a win and five points for a save three negative three for a loss negative three for a blown save um and so usually you get more points for a win than a save so that was a little bit of an interesting wrinkle Uh, but the big uh difference from your typical home league at least for you know as opposed to tout is you aren't awarded, you know, standing points based on overall uh, points. So you get two points if you win the hitting uh, points. You get two points if you win the pitching points. And you get four over- points towards the standings if you win the overall uh, point totals for that week. So there's a total of eight points Wait. given away each week. Okay. That, I, okay. That's, I did not fully understand that. Mm-hmm. And I and here's the thing, like um, you and I had very different strategies, and uh, considering the strategy you went with, I really like your team actually. Um, Thank you. But I don't think a lot of people understood the format, um, and that's why we'll so talk I, about why my strategy was so different from everybody else's. Yes. Now, the, the I did understand the the division of labor, so to speak, where hitting wins and, and pitching wins, I didn't understand the last part of the overall. I, I didn't know that going in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have changed my strategy. Um, and I guess I just glossed over because, you know, I'm, I'm a big read your rules guy. And I did. I went through. I was like, OK, you know, put it put in the points into my uh, into it's a my, bit confusing. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's a miss on my part. But again, I don't think it would really have changed anything for me. And you executed I, your strategy. I mean, like, you know, I, I hate to kind of like build you up. Yeah, because um, you and I had very, very different strategies. We're gonna uh, start with you, though. Okay, let's we because, start. That's fine. 
<laughs> I love you. Yours was kind of the talk of the of the draft. You, hey, you got to win the draft this year. I won the draft last I year. It's not a good place to be, okay? Because I, I sucked. After yeah, that. all I can do is like, go down from here. Exactly. I finished like second to last or third. I don't think I was dead last, but I was I was bad. And everyone was jocking me for all the I bought all like every great hitter in the world. And I was gonna try to leverage the K9 aspect um in the pitching. And it did again, it didn't work. So Justin won the draft, and it was because you skewed pitch. Like skewed is the, even the wrong. What, what's what's ten x higher than the word skewed? You like you went so hard pitching, and it was awesome to see. It was a it was an ultimate stars and scrubs where the stars were the pitching and the scrubs were the hitting. Usually you see stars and scrubs, you're getting a few stars on each ends, and then and then mixing in the uh, the the scrubs. The beauty of this is it's a 12-team auction. There's just deals galore. And so your offense actually hits quite formidable despite the fact that you did not spend more than $9 on any of them. So right off the bat here, three players in, we knew where Justin was going. Did not know the extent to which you were you were going to do it. But, of course, Trout comes out first. I, just say, I shouldn't say of course. He doesn't always, but he, he regularly does. He goes 48 to Howard Bender. Next guy, Max Scherzer, 54 to Justin. Clayton Kershaw, the next guy, 52 to Justin. So right off the top, you spend $106 on two starting pitchers, three players in. Now, that's a strategy. Like right off, like there's no way you're like, oh, I I can't believe I bought both of these guys. You are very (laughs) clearly uh, attacking starting pitching. Let's get a little bit of the mindset behind it. So, I mean, I've been – kind of formulating a strategy uh, with some of my staff over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits because I can't game plan with you because you're in the league. Um, so uh, I... I mean, you could. <laughs> I could, but then I it'd would, give away... It you would know, not benefit you. No, you it could. wouldn't. Um, and so the I, I thought with the way the points were set up that uh, we would see about a third of the league... Uh, do a t- traditional split, like a 70-30 split t- uh, that favors hitting. And then I thought we would see uh, a third of the league do like a 50-50, you know, half their money on hitting, half their money on pitching. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about a third of the league would do something, some variation of what I did, not to the obviously to the extreme, but more money on pitching than hitting. And I felt like that was the better way to go because uh, obviously the starting pitchers uh, can get more points, but there's also huge drop-offs in in the projected point totals. Certainly, as you as you go down the starting pitcher ranks or down the the, the pitcher ranks in general, and so I was really surprised when I was the only person to spend more money on pitching than hitting, and the reason I went with a two hundred dollar pitching strategy was because. I thought I would kind of, you know, just eclipse everybody else who was doing the same thing as me. Uh, I, I, I had no idea no one would. Um, and really, only one person even came close to having like a 50-50 kind of strategy. That was Clay Link, who spent 126 on uh, pitching and 134 on hitting. Um, you know, my, my plan was to, I, I want to win the pitching uh, categories every week, and I want to win the overall. So I'll get enough for my offense to keep give me a, a, a legitimate shot to win the overall, uh, along with just destroying everybody in pitching every week. Um, and uh, you know, there's some risks to it, but I think there's 
maybe less risk than maybe uh, other people in the industry are giving me credit for because I can actually afford to lose an ace. You know, your, your team, for instance, you've got Chris Sale at 55 bucks. You lose Chris Sale, you, you may be done. Big trouble. You know, because... I, I lose Kershaw. I still got Scherzer. I still have uh, Robbie Ray. I still have well, Carlos Martinez. You bought some guys who could be aces in this league, too, um, at very cheap prices. The two Giants, Samarja 15, Cueto 10. Like, based on the way this league works, if, if Samarja, you know, cuts the homers as you and I both expect slash hope, then all of a sudden I, I, I think it's safe to say that he's going to be ace-like because he's one of the few workhorses that we've seen over the last several years. And 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 so popping those three points per inning just off the uh, um, j- just just from accumulating innings is huge. And the home runs actually don't hurt him from a direct standpoint of minus for home runs, but it will be the minus earned runs um, and, and the hit allowed. So I thought that was nice too. The 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 backup. Let's just run it down. It's fifty four Scherzer, fifty two Kershaw, twenty four for Ray, twenty seven for Carlos Martinez, fifteen for Samarja, ten for Cueto, five for Estrada. Really like that one, sneaky one. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine for Sonny Gray, and then five for Australia. Another solid volume guy, by the way, who should perform well. So you're right. Like if one of your studs did did happen to miss some time. It will not kill you. It will not put you in a bad position for for winning the pitching every week. Yeah, and I mean, uh, if you look at like our depth charts projections uh, of the of the all all nine of my pitchers were in the top sixty three in told in, in terms of projected points in this format. Seven of them were in the top thirty one of projected Damn. points. I mean, <laughs> like I I I just loaded up, and I you know it's. There was a lot of talk by people in the league and then people on the radio that like closers had like this, you know, this great value because, you know, typically in in points league saves aren't worth as much as a win. Uh, those people I didn't, didn't do it. a good job of actually like running numbers because, you know, when you get a blown save, you also typically get a loss. So that could be and you devastating. Also, and you also don't get a lot of innings and strikeouts. You know, I only had uh, like three or four starting pitchers worth as much uh, or more as Marco Estrada, my my lowest projected three or four pitcher. Closers, you mean? Yeah, yeah, three or four relief pitchers. Yep. Um, yeah. So I mean, and I want to say only ten or twelve. It's in my article. It's going up here in a few it's minutes. Up right now, oh, actually. that just went up. Uh, that there were only like I think ten or twelve relief pitchers that actually made money last year in this format. So I'm looking just off of what I had on on uh, um, the RotoWire app, and Kenley Jansen was sandwiched in between Gio Gonzalez and Jacob Faria in terms of projected points. Four sixty one, four fifty nine, four fifty three. I'm eating. That's uh, that. That kind of tells you a lot of what you need to know there. So I didn't, I, I didn't see anything uh, that I really wanted for, um, for 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 closers. I ended up getting one late, just just because, um, and that that ended up being Hector Neris, and I think he was a buck. 
And I was just like, whatever. That can be a fill-in when I don't like the matchups of one of my bench starters, which is uh, Ray Lopez, Hermain Marquez, and uh, Zach Davies. Yeah, you, like, I mean, you, the ball. you you got three three starters in your reserve, so you'll have no problem, you know, getting guys in and things like that. Um, you know, the other thing I did was I spent the majority of my offensive money on catcher. Uh, the drop off at yeah, catcher so is so, yeah, huge in this league. To discuss here, you got GT, JT Realmuto for eleven and Evan Gaddis for six, and you are not kidding about about the drop off. First off, there's only on my projections there's only six guys with three hundred twenty six points or higher, and there's even a little stratifying within that. There's the the Sanchez and Posey both over four hundred, Contreras three seventy eight, Yachty. Your boy Real Muto and Sal Perez over 326, and then Gaddis, um, Gaddis down at 286. I got to imagine, yeah, they have him at, on low at bats. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit higher on his playing time, so I would have him probably above that 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 uh, 300 plus. I'm pretty sure so. depth charts projections had him like 9,000 at bats. Yeah, like they they have him as like the second most valuable catcher behind Gary Sanchez. Um, in this format, yeah, because they got him for a full season, and honestly, it's I think it's I think it's possible. Yeah, I don't think it's the highest outcome, but I certainly think it's. Possible. I you know it's probably somewhere in between. Yep. Um, but you know, I mean, with with uh, with Guriel starting the year on the DL, uh, I think there's a good chance he you know gets a fair amount of run early on, especially. So, uh, I just didn't want to get a negative. Uh, you know, my my projections and dollar values had over half the catchers in this format getting giving negative value. You know, or not that being worth is, a dollar, which, you know, yeah. to me is negative value cuz you're got to spend at least a buck on them. Um and so like I wanted to make sure I left with two guys that were giving positive value. Uh and I was I was really happy with the two guys I got. I was pretty happy with the two I got, by the way. I only spent $5 combined, but I got uh Austin Barnes and Chris Ionetta figure Barnes looks great shot. after today because I mean it looks like he stands to inherit a lot of the playing time oh, at second. That was a big fail by the way. <laughs> Didn't talk about the uh the 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 pieces that that come into play with Justin Turner out. Sorry about that guys, I just spaced. Um yeah, so let's just double back there and uh talk that real quick. That's going to end up putting Logan Forsythe over at third mm-hmm. and opens up Extra at bats, as you mentioned, for Austin Barnes and of course Chase Utley at second base. So they'll be they'll because be playing the Bulls for some for reason. Second. Dave Roberts does not like Andrew Tolles and Jock Peterson, and Correct. does not want to play Chris Taylor at second base for whatever reason. And honestly, like as an Austin Barnes guy, I I, I can get behind that for for Barnes. I say. love Andrew Tolles, though, man, and he but looks I, so I good. Too. I was just about to say, but from from an overall standpoint, just like. That is not the best use of resources. I love Tolls. Tolls was having a great year last year until I, I believe he busted his ACL, mm-hmm. which was really unfortunate. And looks great um, in spring training. I mean, he's he looks like the same guy he was last year before he got hurt. So, like that 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 may change um, because they've yeah, got to we'll figure see. out a way to get his bat in the lineup. Yeah, well, I mean, if he forces his way, Tolls forces his way in, then again, yeah, you're right. That brings Taylor back into the infield. Throw him at second. Get Tolls out there in the outfield. You got Tolls. Um, Puig Peterson in the outfield and and it ends up working that way with Hernandez coming in for probably Peterson because I think Tolls can handle lefties. 
Whereas we know Jock Peterson can't. So, so that, yeah, uh, Barnes and Utley and Forsyth are the three guys I think right now. Forsyth for sure gets the most immediate impact because he's slotted in at third. And then Utley, Barnes uh, at second base get, get a boost there. Sorry about that. Glad you brought it up. I completely spaced on that. Got the Eduardo Escobar talk and just ignored the Dodgers. I'm an idiot. All right, let's get back to your team here. So, Focusing still on the offense, uh, again, you didn't spend over $9 on anybody uh, outside of Real Muto. I said not on anybody. I missed Real Muto. But that was your highest highest offensive dollar value, 11 bucks. And then, um, but again, let's listen. Let me list down this offense, and then we'll kind of talk about it in, in detail here. $1 Brandon Belt at first. Daniel Murphy, 9 at second. Moose for 3 at third. Semyon for 2 at short. You bastard. Cesar Hernandez for two at middle. Eugenio Suarez for five at corner. Uh, the outfield is Bradley Zimmer and Kevin Kiermeyer for six apiece. Eduardo Nunez for four, who you can move around really nicely. Uh, Michael Conforto for two. Not a huge Conforto guy for this year because of his health, but that's usually because he's being overdrafted and everything, and is not. Like it, it wasn't. You paid. You paid two dollars. And there's unlimited DL in Towers. So and that's. Huge. So that was an easy play there. Then you got Mitch Hanniger for a buck, Matt Chapman for a buck at your utility. And so talk to us about your offense here. I mean, outside of catcher, I just looked for value. I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to spend very much. I only ended up spending 59 of the $60 I had budgeted for it. Uh, and so I just had to kind of wait. I, I mean, I went a long time after getting like my first five or six players um, before actually even getting another person. Uh, and so, like, I just had to wait and let everybody else kind of spend out their money um, and, you know, just kind of hope that guys, you know, went a little bit cheaper than they should or people didn't realize how valuable certain people are in this format as opposed to, uh, you know, a Roto League or a traditional points league. And so, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised to get, you know, I, you know me, I've been a huge Brandon Belt detractor. But Brandon mm-hmm. Belt's extremely valuable in this format. Um, Especially with his walks counting. With his walks. And, I mean, he doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but dude hits doubles. Exactly. And so just that that sort of, um, you know, the stuff that doesn't usually get counted in a standard 5x5 five five all of a sudden has value here. And you got him for a buck. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You could have paid 5 and it would have been fine. And I love all my $1 purchases. Mitch Haniger, Matt Chapman, uh you know, Brandon Bell, all great $1 purchases. I, I made one mistake, um, which, you know, I'll, I'll forgive myself because it's only one mistake. I won't forgive you. Um, but Bradley Zimmer at 6 bucks was, a, that's a my guy, and I'm going to have him on my team kind of move. Uh, you can afford it. At, I mean, I know some people don't. They're like down to the dollar value. Mm-hmm. can't say that. You can't pay over because you saved on somebody else. And we were getting to a point in the auction where I was just like, uh, I, I got to get somebody, and that's a guy that's always been you know, a flag player for me. Exactly. And I think auction dynamics do allow for that, where you can say, hey, I saved in these five spots, and I'll spend a little extra here. It's not like you're going to give – I don't know. I just I think that's okay, and especially for a guy you think is going to break out and can reasonably exceed that six very easily. It's not like you're paying – it's not like you paid 25 and his 99 percentile season has to come through for you to get that value. You paid $6 for Bradley Zimmer. You see him as his power speed guy, and, of course, if things break right, he's going to crush that 6 bucks. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, don't yeah. even, I don't even really 
you know, feel bad uh, that you that you did that. I think that that's acceptable based on a lot of the other. And stuff I can always drop him if, like, you know, if he if he's striking out too much and costing me points and things like that. He he's an easy drop. It's a twelve team league. Uh, I would assume a third of this offensive roster is not on my team by mid season. Who are your reserves? I didn't fill in all the reserves. Um, uh, it, was, I, it, it was getting late, and I just I was just crossing them off of a paper list. I have uh, Chris Stratton. Kyle Gibson, okay. oh, huge surprise. Um, uh, Clayton Richard, who uh, like people are like, ew, Clayton Richard, dude threw 197 and third innings last year. Oh, um, he actually has a ton of value in this format. Which, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm super excited to be in towers, but this is one of the reasons I don't really like points leagues <laughs> um, because guys like Clayton Richard have value. Clayton Richard in the house. Mm-hmm. So I mean, all he's got to do house. is, uh, yeah, Kendrys Morales, Josh Harrison, and Felix Hernandez. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do with uh, this roster um, and my pitching staff in general was get staff aces. They didn't need to necessarily be um, fantasy aces, but getting staff aces is big. There are going to be more days off this year because the season starts earlier, uh, and these guys will not be skipped. That's that's a great that's a great point. Again, volume is the is the key here, and you, you know. We make jokes about like, oh, Jordan Zimmerman is an opening day starter, so he must be good. We know that that's not true. But what you're saying is those extra starts, those mm-hmm. three, four extra starts. And uh, when fifth starters really get skipped, through. they're going to be the ones getting the two-start weeks. So exactly. It's, it's the, important. The, the staff aces are, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. When the fifth starter gets skipped. It's important to get guys like that in a format like this, even if they're not necessarily – you know, studs, no one wants to roster a Clayton Richard. No one wants to roster a Dan Straley necessarily. Um, but these are guys that for their teams, they're the number one and they're going to they're going to get thirty two turns in the rotation as long as they're healthy. Yeah, I, I, I like that strategy and um Straley was somebody I was definitely eyeing and I think I battled you on him. Mm-hmm. We battled on several guys especially yeah. in, the, in the picture here i think I, I was in with you on on scherzer for sure don't think i said much on on kershaw carlos martinez for sure uh were you trying to get sale because i think you you were picking I, me up yeah yeah no i i would have been really happy to get a third uh <laughs> third ace or th- three of the big four that was that was the fifth pick in because it went Trout, Scherzer, Kershaw, Otani, mm-hmm. and then Sale. And you and I were were staring at each other across the table. Yeah, like, I was in on Sale until I think around fifty fifty one, yeah. um, and I was in on uh, Kluber till about forty eight forty nine, and I think he went for fifty one. So um, I paid fifty five for Sale, which was a high, I believe. It was. It was the high of the draft, but like. It's also understandable, and like that, like like people who, and there were people out there, like, oh well, I'd much rather have, you know, Clayton Kershaw for fifty two bucks. Like that is that's that's why auctions are difficult because yeah, that you was know, your fault. I paid fifty five. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I set the market at fifty four and fifty two, and then people freaked out because they wanted to get one of these guys, and so like. Well, I'm not saying I, necessarily. I'm calling myself, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You. <laughs> but like, but no, it, you're right. It it's did the dynamics. Because, yeah, because he, he, if he goes, if if Sale is the second player off the board, he goes 52, 51. Like, I'm not even sure he might. He might have just have been straight 50. And if Instead, I had let you had Scherzer at 50, yes. you know, Sale goes for 48. 
Exactly. Um, but the fact that you – I think it was the fact that you got both as well. If Even if Scherzer and Kershaw go 54-52 but to two different people, I think there was just something in the air about like, well, Justin's getting both of these. He's just going to stack this pitching. Let's get these aces. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to get Chris Sale here because you know what? I know – okay – cool guy who's like well, he's not going to earn 55. I under like nobody no, the stars don't really I don't want to say ever cuz sometimes they do like they but that's not really what you're paying for. You're paying for you're at you're 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 baking in a probability of of panning out into that dollar value. The dollar value is not just what the numbers are going to be. You're also paying for a risk to to reward proposition there. And for Chris Sale it's much higher uh, reward, you know, and, and the probability of getting a great season. Thus, you can tack on. I mean, I, I don't know how much that's worth. That's probably like ten dollars of the value, right? He might be a forty-five dollar player, but then that's ten extra bucks to say he's going to be a stud, barring something that is unforeseen. And he, I mean, here's and the so, thing: like, if you look at like what depth charts uh, on our auction calculators said uh, says in terms of last year's uh, valuations. Um, Chris Sale, who was the number one pitcher in this format last year, earned $44.8. Charlie Blackman, who was the number one hitter in this format last year, earned about 30, 34.9. Wow. See, that's stark. And on, on Rotowire's valuations for the 2018 projections, they had Scherzer at 55, so he actually saved a buck, and Sale at 50. So I paid five extra based on that and I was fine with that. I think already at that point and I would have gone to 65 at least. I mean, I I felt that the with the values that the way they were going to be at the end of this draft over you know, for lack of a better word, overpaying for some studs was the right play because you're going to find values that are just way way like it it's just the way it works in 10 and 12 team auctions. I'm sorry, it just is. So if you sit on your hands you, if you like the team that's just like all, you know, 18 to $31 guys and just like a, literally everyone's in that range, that's fine. You can build a good team. You can win that way too. This yes. is not the only way to win. But I'm happy to go uh, massive stars and scrubs. And so four picks after I got sale, I got a $38 Joey Votto. And my two stars were set. And then it was Albie's time. I was just waiting for Albie's time. And, and let's, let's, you know, be honest. Like, Everybody went stars and scrubs. Like there was no, you have to. there was no balanced team. I would have loved, like I, I said this on the, uh, you know, talked about this on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast last night. Um, if I had like a second team, because like if I was doing it over again, I'd still do my strategy. But if I got like a second team, uh, I would love to put together like a roster of ten and twelve dollar players from this from this Just draft. This- yeah, because, see what it's like. Well, you know, when we get to your team, especially like there are some really amazing purchases that you made that like I would go man if I could have picked off you know Gregory Polanco at six or seven bucks and you know picked off uh Michael Fulmer Michael Walk at six and seven bucks like you can make a stud team playing the middle in this because everybody else wasn't exactly and I think that's that that's where I ended up I, I, I did go stars and scrubs and it was really more defined uh, with the three like key players, couple middles, and then and then low dollar guys. So I have Sale fifty five, Votto thirty eight, Lindor thirty three, um, and then a big a big one that I definitely overpaid on 
I, I got a hype beast, but it's a 12-team league, and I felt like if I'm going to get a hype beast somewhere that, that could flop, um, let's do it in the outfield. And so I paid 21 for Acuna. I understand that that is very high. But again, you mentioned I got $6 Gregory Polanco. You can't tell me that you don't feel comfortable that those two are going to add up to 27 bucks. I understand the distribution is different, uh, but isn't it the same thing at that point, though? Like it's exactly that, it, the same thing, really and, I mean, and you're paying for the upside. I mean, exactly. if you think he's going to be up you know, after April 13th, which is the projected date that uh, the, the Braves need to leave him down for to gain an extra year, to Chris of, Bryant him, as people yes, are saying. exactly. You know, they're not going to worry about the Super 2 deadline. They're just going to bring him up um, and get that extra year of control. If you believe that, which you do and I don't, um, then 21 bucks is an extremely fair price. Yeah. So I, I thought it was worth taking that shot there. Um, I did get Albies at 18. Surprisingly, I got Albies for cheaper than Acuna. That's kind of hilarious, especially with uh, Clay Link in the room there. He and James Anderson do a great prospect podcast every mm-hmm. Thursday on the, the Rotowire podcast feed. You got Must that listen, they're, yeah. They're a big fan of both those guys, so I, I knew I'd be eyeing Clay on both of those. Ended up with both of the guys, and I'm happy with it. Let's just go over the team top to bottom real quick. Barnes and Ionetta, two and three at my catchers. Votto, 38. Albies, 18. Adrian Beltre for three. You want to talk about another place where I'm really getting value to, to make up for some of these ones that I overpaid to – by the upside, I think it's really got. I really gained a lot of it back with a three dollars, three dollar Beltre, thirty three dollar Lindor, at short, uh, eight dollar Moncada at middle, eight dollar Miggy at corner, um, outfield is fifteen on Fam, eight on Chris Taylor, six on Gregory Polanco, three on Marwin Gonzalez. Thought he'd be nice to uh, move around, and mm-hmm. he was not very expensive at all. Acuna twenty one, and then Todd Frazier for a buck. That was calculated error. Very upset about that. I did not think this is just. I just didn't think it out long enough. I just absentmindedly thought he would go over one. I thought someone would say at least two, and then I would get Greg Bird um, for three, four bucks. Then just throw Greg Bird out, you stupid, stupid idiot. Um, <laughs> instead, I got stuck with Frazier, and I put stuck in quotes though, because I'm actually really fine with him, and I see a lot of of potential for Frazier to equal or out earn Greg Bird. I just since it was an upside team, I would kind of wanted to go for another upside play as opposed to the the steady Eddie. You're just going to get some points, you know, play out of Todd Frazier. So I don't hate it, but it was a calculated error there, and I just be smarter and don't lose your head for a moment and, and assume somebody's going to go up. Go for the guy that you want at and that I, point in the auction. And especially. I have, I mean, at least for my projections, I have Frazier out earning. And I, and I think a lot will. I think I think a lot will, and they should because there's there's nothing in Bird's major league career so far to suggest that he should be projected higher than than Frazier. It's the strikeouts. Bird is going to strike out more, a, a Bird, lot more. <laughs> Bird's going to strike out uh, a, a ton right now, and and, yeah. and we're not. And can he stay healthy? Right? We haven't yeah. really seen we haven't really seen that aspect of it either. So. Um, Let's see here. Rotowire, yeah, Rotowire has that that's that breakdown as well. They have Frazier higher than Bird by about twenty five points, so that's good. Um, so again, it's not the end of the world. It's just a little, little error that I made there in throwing names out. Pitching fifty five sale twelve Tanaka. I mean, come on, six Waka, six Fulmer, three Odorizzi. That's a volume play. One Leak also a volume play. Uh, three for Morton upside play. Six for Clevenger, and then one dollar for Hector Neris. 
the bench, I already mentioned Davies, Marquez, Ray Lopez, also Aaron Hicks, Matt Kemp, and Tim Beckham. What do you think? Uh, I mean, for someone who spent uh, $167 on their offense and only $93 on the pitching, so, uh, you know, almost like a traditional roto split, I love yeah. your pitching staff. Thank you. It's, I appreciate that. Um, and, 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 you know, the projections like it too. You know, Jake Seeley posted, like, the projected standings from, I think, Fantasy Pros or something like that. Yes. Um, and in spite of the fact that you spent way less on your pitching, you're still, like, I think, top three or five. I'm or s- second to you in, in the pitching. Oh, numbers. you're second to me in pitching. Okay, yeah. So, Mind I mean, you, 1,100 points less, folks. Yeah, I mean, I, I get a little bit of a boost from, from my rotation. But the fact that you were able to put together such a good staff that really fits this, uh, this format with only $93 – uh, is uh, a real testament to how well you understood the format in terms of pitching. Michael Walker went for like $10 cheaper than I had him projected for, and I, I was with you all the way uh, until I just couldn't afford it anymore. Cause... Yeah, and I was, I was going to nine. I, mm-hmm. I was ready to just kind of keep keep going there i had him at like a i think i probably would have even gone double digits but i had him i think in the 13 dollar valuation same with fulmer had them both Mm -hmm. actually dead even both michaels dead even at 418 points according to rotowire and i got them both for six very happy with that so i tried to mix these volume solid plays with upside and um you know odorizzi leak that's not getting anybody's uh you know excitement up but Clevenger leak throws innings though that's like just innings like how I, honestly i know this sounds crazy to ask but when you think about the format we're talking about how does mike leak go for a dollar it's it's absolutely insane i mean he's thrown at least 176.2 innings in the last 4 years or actually sorry in the last 7 6 years 6 years and he's been legitimately bad once uh 16 469 era mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, even even years. if he was, even if he has a 4.69 ERA this year, which uh, nobody necessarily, no one projects him to, you know, be that bad. It doesn't matter because the amount of volume you get in innings in strikeouts, 200 innings is worth 600 points in this format. That's you crazy. Know, you know, it, it's that is worth a ton of points. So he's going to give some back in in you know uh, in in runs and uh, hits allowed and walks allowed, but. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. One, because Mike Leake doesn't walk a ton of guys. That also helps, of course. And and, and two, because he's going to get so much in volume from his strikeout numbers, even though he's not a high strikeout pitcher, but because the the mass amount of innings he throws, the combination of those two things make him a, a pretty viable pitcher in this format. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find him. Uh, there he is. Uh, I had him worth... Uh, about ten dollars, and he goes for one, and that's that's exactly why I spent fifty five on Chris Sale. And and I'm you know, and at that point I had already filled up my pitching, so I couldn't. He, yeah, he you, was a guy I would have gotten in the reserve for sure. I fi- I figured I figured he was a thousand percent a part of your plan based on what you were doing. That you were going to get these studs out front, and then try to get these boring innings guys at the back. Dan Straley was a, was absolutely uh, Plan B. Uh, uh, on leak or or plan A and then leak was plan B. However, you want to break it down, but this is a very similar thing. You actually got stuck paying five for Sterling. I think I was part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, thank you auction dynamics. Leak was just a buck. Yeah, and I mean it's just 
I, I just love what you ended up, uh, what you were end, ended up being able to, I don't want to call it salvaging, but I'm going to say salvaging, uh, considering how much you spent on the offense, um, you know, and you put together a really nice offense too. So uh, you're going to be, you know, I think between you, me, Jake, uh, and Clay, uh, who I kind of look at as the four, uh, you know, te- four teams I would want to go in to the season with, I think it's okay. going to be a pretty uh, tough battle. I think so too. This is going to be a sharp league. Um, y- you mentioned that group, let alone the, the, the rest of the league is, is not just going to roll over and let us win. Peter Kreutzer, Kyle L, Frank Stefania, mm-hmm. Bell, Jeff Manns. Uh, Howard Bender will let us. Like, yeah, no, Howard's uh, awful. Lamont, uh, finished second last year, I believe. Michael Rathburn, new to the league, really sharp mind. He's actually finished fourth in the projections. Yeah, unfortunately for, for Michael, though, he lost Polanco. And Ooh. Justin Turner, he had the 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 odds of that are just so wild, right? You would that, think that, it that, is, but Jeff Zimmerman lost both in the Invitational, and crazy. and had Jarrell Cotton. That's that's just so crazy. It's just like sometimes the season is against you. By the way, this is a little behind the curtain and for a, after the podcast, but you need an excerpt on your uh, on your post here. Oh, I will and do that. <laughs> hit that featured button as well. Let's get you featured. Um, but anyway, I think that uh, we both put together good crews. I like that we both did it differently. We battled on some players. It was a lot of fun. I and each other, we had, of course, guys that we've talked about on this show that we both like. Sometimes I relented. Sometimes you relented. Sometimes a third party came in and took them from both of us. That was always fun. And then we just directed our ire at that person and said, well, excuse me. We kind of had something going on here. I can't. I wish I could remember who it was, but you beat me on somebody, and then I announced that there was a uh, a co-host opening. <laughs> it was the, it was the first one. It was, was, it was, was it Max Scherzer? Scherzer. Yeah, yeah. You can actually you. go and listen to it on Sirius On Demand. Uh, fired you after? Yeah, no. I, I was I was fired after the first person I bought. Um, I wasn't sure if it was uh, if it was. Kershaw, and I thought it might have actually been Sale, even though I won him because you you bid me up. But it, but it was it was Scherzer. Okay, I'm gonna have to re-listen to our draft too because that was fun. A lot of fun uh, fun ribbing and having a good time. It was uh, Nick Pollock was hanging out there. That that was great. So I like I said, man, I think we both put together really nice crews. I'm not just jocking you. I think the projections back it up. First off, I'd just be lying if I said I didn't think it was a good team. But you know that um, I'm going to like a pitching-heavy team, even though I like to work in the middle and back ends of the pitching pool to try to you know, find the next up-and-comers. I get giddy when I see a team like this, dude. This is the, like, the only one I'm not super geeked on always is, is Robbie Ray. And 24 is really not that bad, especially when my, uh, the Rotowire that I was using had him at 30 bucks. So you didn't even pay full freight according to the numbers I had. Yeah, I had him at 38. So uh uh-huh. yeah, I had a thirty eight for my uh for my two hundred dollar pitching strategy, so to get him at twenty four uh w- yeah, it was huge. I mean Carlos Martinez too. I would have gone up to forty four on him. Uh, see I had Martinez at thirty, but I just wanted the one. I just mm-hmm. wanted the one superstar. Um and then if I could get somebody else twenty, maybe that would have worked, but I couldn't really find anybody I liked, so I just went to Tanaka at twelve. I thought I'd have to pay more for Tanaka. I really did, but I think 12. people uh, were afraid a little bit of you know because innings are so important. Like, yep, you know, and I like part of my strategy was I wanted as many two hundred inning guys as I can find, um, and I just didn't know how many innings 
you know that I could really trust on Tanaka for. And that's fair. Uh, that's my fair. valuations uh, had him at thirty one dollars. So I mean, I think you got a pretty nice discount. Like the thing is, like you know, and you got to remember too, my valuations account for like a two hundred dollar hitting budget. I was so, gonna say $200 so dollar pitching budget. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, sorry, yeah. pitching so, budget. So it's like it's really, really skewed what my valuation's for. Yes, you know. For those so. that are wondering why our dollar values are off so far, is because of the the input that we put in as far as the split. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, uh, we were close to actually exact opposites, probably in terms of what we put yep. in for our splits. So our pitching values are going to be uh, completely off in terms of what we were willing to spend, but. Uh, you know, even like a close to a 50-50 split on a guy like Tanaka, because I've got that up somewhere, um, makes him you know a bargain at, at twelve bucks. I just you know he he in a, he should have gone for about twenty two in a fifty fifty split um, in offense versus uh, versus pitching. So I unplugged my mic. Sorry, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Keep it in because I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> that's so stupid. Uh, anyway, I did hear the last thing you said about the the fifty fifty split, but then I was like, I just the way I did it too was hilarious. I, I or unplugged my headphones, I should say. I like knocked my arm and yanked them out, and then had to mute the mic to put it back in. Anyway, um, I think that's gonna wrap us up. Um, I wanna, I'm gonna write up my uh, main event team. But did you get a chance to see the roster? Um, I listened to you and Chris Liss go at each other, uh, so I, I know some of your roster. But we'll I... talk about it later this week. Then okay, I, I, I would like to send you the roster and get your honest to goodness thoughts, full critiques, no no sugarcoating. I, I'll, I'll say this, like, and I'm, I'm not just doing it to troll like Chris or anything like that, because uh, I'm sure he uh, he'll, he'll he'll listen to this at some point. I I, I didn't love his team. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, you know, uh, uh, I love, I loved his article. His article over on rotorwire.com, uh, is fantastic. Super underrated aspect about Chris is that he's a tremendous writer a very engaging writer. Yeah. Uh, obviously he's known for doing the radio on Sirius XM, but, but his writing over at rotorwire, uh, is absolutely really yeah. sharp. I, I, I love, I love everything that he does. I just didn't love his, uh, his main event team. Um, felt like got, uh got work to do right the yeah. batting average is rough i can't stand miguel sano so thought that was a ninth pick that was just not a great spend i love miguel sano but like how many games is he getting suspended for and going to be injured for this year that, that, well that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying it's, yeah. it's all based on the price and, and what's supposed to happen this year not so much the player like i and i've never been a huge fan of the player because i've always thought he was overrated but I understand what he can do if you had a free and clear path and you were saying Miguel Sano is healthy, he doesn't have a generous carriage, quote-unquote, and, and he's not going to be suspended <laughs> for uh, a domestic violence incident. And then if you if you threw all that out, sure, I, I can see where there would be some hype. But he does have all that baggage, so no thank you. And didn't he draft Miguel Sano three rounds earlier when he took Joey Gallo? Like He took Joey oh. Gallo, Sano, and then he's got like – like he's got a really kind of older team that you he know does. I lo- and I love Nelson Cruz like I love the Nelson Cruz pick. He um, didn't like that when he just felt he kind of Yeah, no, I that. heard him say that um you know uh but there's there's a quite a bit of injury risk, there's some average risk, you know. So, sorry Chris, I don't think this is Suck it, Chris. <laughs> I don't think this is your uh your year to win the main event at least not with this team. I'm, I don't know if he does more than one, but 
Um, I think he says the one, but he also works the wire, so he's going to be he's okay. going to be on that wire. Well, and he he's finished pretty high in in uh, in this event before, well, he, so he was tracking top three for like the first half of the season last year. Ooh. Like he uh, in in first for a decent bit too. So he you know he was doing some he was doing some good things. And I really enjoyed uh, meeting him. He was you know it was really oh. cool to meet him. You know, maybe one of these days he'll follow me back on Twitter. But uh, you know, he's he's, he's just I, I love Chris like, and I love trash talking with him. <laughs> it's so fun. Few guys, and I, I count yourself among them too, because you and I love to go back and forth. That actually can dish it and take it. You, you hear people say that, and then you throw them a, a a sick burn, as the kids would say, and they don't take it well. They just come at you with something. You're like, whoa, dude. That was way too far. Like, relax. <laughs> I was kidding. And um, but no, you can you can go at Chris and he'll you know like when he's wrong, he'll just be like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I got that. I you're right, you're right. But then he'll just drop a hammer on you, and I, I just I like that. You know, I love trash talking, and mm-hmm. so it was a lot of fun. But that's what's Thursday, great about the head to head league is the head to head league one yeah. is set up for trash talk, yes. and two has some amazing trash talkers in it, you know. Exactly. Jake Seeley, Howard Bender. Those uh, are 80-grade trash talkers, mm-hmm. Jake and Howard. Clay yeah. is a sneak tip savage because he's kind of quiet and understated, but he'll just drop hammers on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to mess with Andrea. She no. will she will smack you right down. She's not here for your BS. Kyle, very witty. Uh, so, yeah, Jeff Manns, total savage. So, yeah, yeah it, it's a great trash talking room as well and so i think it's going to be a fun league we'll obviously be talking about it throughout the season and then we'll be back thursday uh kind of getting people ready for the last week and i'm not sure exactly what we'll do justin but we'll get something going on thursday where we kind of set everybody up for this final big weekend what do you have going on on uh this weekend any more drafts this week you know i'm uh i'm debating joining uh one of the, like the rotowire uh once um, the online challenge yeah it, it's going to depend on whether or not your home league is uh, happening this year um, so my if it's not I'm something my dad today, but I don't, I just, cause I told I my wife that I only had 16 leagues and I think I actually have 18. I only, I only had 16. <laughs> so, you uh, got to meet your wife, by the way, what a wonderful woman. How did you get, what, what did you do? What did you, what did you trick her? You know, uh, I used to drink a lot, which, you know, and she used to hang out with me. And so she used to, you know, drink. Um, a lot more than she she does Not now. And decisions made. Is what yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, okay. um, you know, some. You know, there's there's always a, a reacher and a settler. You know, obviously, I'm the reacher and she settled. That's hilarious. But no, she was she was really sweet, and it was great meeting her and hanging out with you. Another eighty grade trash talker, by the way. Oh my god, I, they might have to break the scale on that one if you don't follow Justin's wife on Twitter. Uh, you're missing out. You want to see someone drop savage lines, not only on like she's in uh, Matthew any- Barry's book. Not only, but yeah, that's crazy. Not only on anybody that comes around and re- wants to t- get the heat, but on you. Oh like, no, it's mostly on me. Yes, like the set, like you're her, you're her main jump off point. Mm-hmm. But then anybody else that wants that wants some of the fire can come get it. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, she's not willing. And again, can take it back. We'll, we'll hit hit her with a burn. She's su- super cool to take it and say, "Okay, I got something in store for you." And I just I love that. I love when people can actually take jokes and know that we're having a playful, fun time. If you look at and, the uh, the last line of my uh, Twitter bio, it says "owned by at Mrs. D Salinger," which is is the best so. <laughs> because it has so many meanings. Because she regularly owns you in uh, burns and just, of course. 
you know, owns your heart and, you know, owns your existence. Let's be real. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> but uh, all right, man. I had a great time this weekend hanging out. Um, go read your, go read Justin's article for more details on his team. Uh, he asks the question, am I crazy? My, tout war- my 2018 Tout Wars team. Good line, by the way, because, uh, you know, some folks are going to – like, it's going to be jarring, especially for mm-hmm. folks that don't listen to the podcast that just read the article. They're going to be crapping themselves like, what is this team? But uh, all right, man. We'll talk in a few days. All right. Take it easy.